host, Jennifer Strickland. I'm so excited to be back here for the third installment on our series on the history of feminism and how did we get where we are now. Yeah. I am here with my friend, Mona Corwin. She's my resident feminist expert over here. She's an author, speaker, and the founder of the Moms Like Us Academy. She mentors um, moms in their most important season of life, which is motherhood. Yeah. But we're talking about how motherhood got out of vogue. And so we talked about the first and second revolution in feminism, and you also became a feminist. Am, am I right? Tell me yeah. your story when it comes to that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, at this point in our culture, everybody's been affected by fe the feminist movement. Every one of us have a little bit of feminism in us. Okay. Because of the slow flow that we're going to talk about in a little bit, how feminism went mainstream. And okay. we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But I want to back you up just a little heartbeat to um, the second wave when it was burn the bras and our boots are made for walking. Mm -hmm. And I was a little girl that was, but old enough to look at the cool girls and the cool girls that were ahead of ahead of me, who were indeed had hippie beads and they were feminist and they were. Don't even ask to open up the door for me. I can do oh. everything myself. Oh, and they were angry at men. Okay, and so it was an interesting thing to come up behind. So I started out thinking, oh, this is really cool. Like I want to be in charge. Sure. Because isn't that our sinful nature? It's like me do it myself. Like we don't want God's help. We don't want anybody's help. We want to do it ourselves. Even men want to do it themselves. Right. But at this point, women were kind of mad. And so they wanted to do it themselves. It wasn't like a good self. It was like, I don't want a man to open the door I'm for me angry because at you. I'm not less than you or whatever they started believing. Yes. I am. I'm not your maid. No. I'm not your housekeeper. No. no. Well, we all know what happens when you get married. Yeah. You kind of yeah. are. Yeah. But <laughs> unless you can hire one, which is a really good thing. No, too. my husband says that um, uh, he has a magic floor. And that this magic floor, he puts the, when in the morning, when he takes off his clothes at night or in the morning, um, they're on the floor. And when he comes back home, that there is, uh, everything's hung back up and it's clean. It's, mag it's magic. It's magic. It's magic. That is so funny because- But, but when let me tell you what he, I have. Okay, what do you have? I have a magic purse. Okay. And when that thing gets empty, <laughs> magically, more money comes into that account. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so we kind of like it. So everybody just like me. So it all works out. It. He has the magic floor, you have the magic purse. I, like I think I purse. might have a little bit of feminism in me because when I first got married, I don't know if it, who told me this, but- <clears throat> She told me, don't ever pick up his clothes, because if you start picking up his clothes at the beginning, you'll be picking him up for the rest of your life. So Shane goes to his side of the bed one day, <laughs> we first got married, and he's like, you know, I make the bed, and I would just step over his clothes, because I think it was actually my mother. I'm, Mom, I don't want to get you in trouble. It was somebody <laughs> told me, don't ever pick up his clothes. She's one of those women that I was so watching. So I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. So he was like, you make the whole bed, and like, you didn't, pick, and I was like, well, you know, you pick up your clothes. <laughs> so my husband does not have a magic floor, and he, to this day, does pick up his clothes. Well, that's good. Yeah. My husband does do his ironing. That's because I just oh, stink at it. That's huge. Well, I put all I Shane's stuff it. away back in yeah. the closet. And if I yeah. don't, then I do have someone who's upset. See what we're doing right upset. here? This is consciousness raising. 
But we're not being negative. No, about- but this is how it, this is, okay. this is the, what we were talking about in the last two episodes about consciousness raising. And so this is okay. kind of how it starts. And I wanted to tell you something mm-hmm. about that. When you were talking about the consciousness raising, you yeah. guys have to listen to the last couple of episodes if you didn't hear this <laughs> about how women got themselves all riled up in the feminist movement. But I, from the very get-go found out that consciousness raising can happen basically in churches, especially at mops when women start talking or complaining about their husbands. And so very early on, I made a decision not to surround myself with women who are critical. That is awesome. Or complained if they were going to complain, because then that was going to lead over to me and he was going to go to work all day long, work his butt off and come home to a complaining woman. And I think he did a few times for sure. Oh yeah. And so I just kind of made that resolve. And to this day, the women around me uphold my marriage, honor and respect my husband, uphold the family because marriage can get very, very hard. And when it gets hard, you do not want girlfriends around you that want to start harping on what a bad guy your husband is because that can really mess with your brain. But basically that you were saying that is what happened. So honey, if you're listening, my husband, just so you know, (laughs) all my friends love you and they're for you. But that is, that is always, that's kind of always been my bent is to lean towards mentors and women who were not going to bitch about my, a bitch about their husbands. Yeah. Got to do it. Okay. And, and here's, here's the funny thing. Um, I met my husband when I was 14. Oh my goodness. So, so he, young. He can verify. He can verify. Um, I really had learned how to control and manipulate. And that is part of what um what a woman a woman is a woman because of our influence. And we are highly influential. It's one of the things that we teach in the academy. And it is one of the things that we teach in Authentic Womanhood in the course and in my books and stuff is like, we need to understand our influence. Mm -hmm. And just the way this whole feminist movement has moved, we've got to be able to see at this point when we see what's happening in our world, that the influence of women is vital. And it is also the promise of what we can do to make things a little bit better for us and our children in the future. We'll be talking about that too. Yeah, because women set the tone. Yeah, women set, set the, the tone. tone in the home. A hundred percent. Well, they set the yeah. tone. Yeah, because that's. I mean, that's they, that's our. That's yeah. who we are. That's who we are. We yeah, set the tone. Cute. Yeah. Well, we're cute, but we can be loud and we can be nasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to talk about that. Girl so, too. so anything more on your story? Because then oh, we're going to okay. talk about so, the nasty woman. Yeah. So I followed behind, and I truly would have counted myself as a feminist. And um, I liked the idea that I was independent and that I was going to take care of myself and I was going to do whatever I wanted. Um, So then I had a woman tell me one day some things in the Bible and some things about the feminist movement. And I thought, hmm, I don't know if I believe that. Mm -hmm. And she encouraged me to wrestle with Mm -hmm. what God's word said, to wrestle with some truths that she had told me. Mm. And this is why I do what I do today Mm. is because I want women, I I want you to see the, what the ground level and how it measures up to what God's word says. Now, please understand this. I feel my call is to be a woman of Ishkar and 
It is a biblical term. Back in the Old Testament, King David, remember him? David and Goliath, that king. He grew up and became a great king, man of God, and he was choosing his mighty men. And those mighty men were in different groups, and they had different different things that they were in charge of. Sure. But the men of Gishkar were the smallest group of David's mighty men. Okay. But the cool thing about them was, well, I think it's cool because I like to do it. It's that they understood God's word. They knew what God's word said. And they understood the times that they lived in so they could tell Israel what to do. This is where we're supposed to be. We're supposed as women, Christian women especially, we're supposed to know what God's word says about these things. It is relevant. It is in there. It is a design. And it's not 1950s stuff. Yeah. It's not even don't go to work. Like That's not in there either. You'd be surprised what I think about women working. So we're supposed to know those things, but we're supposed to understand the times we live in. And when I had to grapple with the times that we were living in, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I went, oh, wow, this is this is not exactly what I thought. Right. And I watched Phil Donahue. I was very <laughs> much a Marlo Thomas fan. You know, I watched Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, my goodness. You know, Murphy Brown. She's, she was the only one that was brave enough to have a kid. And she kept her kid, but, you know, she had the painter and everybody else watching that little baby. But all that to say... When it came to my first son, I did that nursery, and I did it just like a feminist would do it. I put everything in that room, that baby's nursery, and I wanted to make it so no matter who went in to that nursery, they couldn't tell what sex that baby was. And we did use the word sex, not gender. So what was the motivation well, right behind back then, then, why didn't they think of want- how long ago that was that yeah, those why- women were still saying genderless? Genderless has is the goal. Okay, baby. so that was a goal of the feminist movement is the erasure is. of gender. So even in mm. your subconsciousness, here you are decorating a baby's room, and you want to make sure that it doesn't say boy or girl. Right? Why? Well, because that's What's wrong with boy or girl, because it was equal rights. I mean, we were equal, but we already are equal. But well, I look at yeah. I look at life through God's word. But well, but that's but I there didn't were, know it then. But there were there have been historically women have been oppressed in many cultures. Oh, very much so. That doesn't mean so God it, did it. So it's not right. So yeah. it's not that it wasn't a thing. It's no. just that they and wanted like, like we've said in, in all of these episodes is that feminism right out problems and. They are problems. It is the way they had an answer to those problems and the method that they used and why they were doing it. Those are very, very different things. And so I encourage you women to wrestle with this like I wrestled with it. Sure. And I came to understand that, and and you know how I came to understand this? Hmm. When I realized one day, I remember where I was sitting. I was on the black sofa in that little teeny house. And my baby was sitting in front of the Smurf little record player and he was singing, boop, boop, it's so cute. And I, I looked at him, I thought, you are so precious. And in my heart, I immediately thought, the world is going to hate you mm. and women are going to be mean to you. Right. And I am one of them. 
Mm. And I said, something's really not right. Because he was a boy. Because he's a boy. My son. And men were the problem. And that was one of the messages. And interestingly enough, I didn't consider my husband a problem. I think it's because we started dating when we were 14. So it was like he was my buddy, he was my friend. Like he would never do anything wrong to me. Mm. But I still wanted to be over him. I still wanted to be in control of what was going on in the house. I still wanted to get my own way. I still never asked him what he wanted, what kind of cookies he wanted for Christmas. I, I still wanted it to do it me my way. It's so self-absorbing. It's so self-centered. It's so, there is no self-sacrifice. There is nothing like Jesus. Nothing. Nothing like how God created us to be. How does that become a life giver? How am I a life giver when I can't wait for him to get out of the door so I can go do what I want to do? I, I, I can't wait for these kids to get grown up so I can have my real life back. I can't get a shower. Well, you can't get a shower. Well, yeah. But that's but, just a season of life when you but, don't, but, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. The TV, you know what it shows us? These really cool cop ladies we're watching a bunch of these series right now, right? You watch them where she's got like her hair pulled back and she's like kicking butt and she's got her cow. She's getting everybody the <laughs> cartel, right? She can take on everything. But if you show a mother with one kid, like that's it. She's done. She's, she cannot handle that. Like so, we actually are still despising motherhood and womanhood today. Mm-hmm, we still mm-hmm. are. I'm sorry. I keep throwing you my stuff. No, must be good. good. It wants me to say something. No, you're good. Well, so, and yeah, and we saw this with like sex in the city. Oh, and, definitely. If you right. have a girlfriend, friend, that's all you need. Right. Men yeah. can come and go. S- men can come and one, go. One of those characters. Abortion is a great idea. Oh, absolutely necessary. Absolutely if you're necessary do for you to be able to have sex that much. Because as I've said before, women, women can't do that. No, I remember, you know, Stevie <laughs> Nicks. You know, yeah, of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I loved Man, her. I love Fleet, Fleetwood Mac. I love oh, I, oh, I was just crazy about her. Right? Okay. So she said in a, a award ceremony that this award goes to all the women that allowed her to be who she is. And for those women that love her music and are, do not support abortion, they need to know that she that she would not be there if she had had that baby. But because of abortion, she was allowed to make the music that she made. Oh, because the, the- I thought the, I was going to, I I thought, whoa, I was so happy. Like, now I'm, whoa, I'm so down. Like, this is gross. Like, I don't want to listen to your music Like, anymore. I sacrificed my child for this su- success. And, and you should be grateful, and you should see how cool this is, too. So, obviously, I so, am pro- life because number one, I believe it's God's word. And number two, I have three adopted children. So I understand the value of children. Right. I'll never go down any other way. And I'd be happy to, you know. Right. So third wave, let's talk about, so we've talked, we've talked about in the last, in the last three episodes, we talked about the first wave, the second wave, you've told your story. The third wave what did that really start with? Was it the Anita Tom, Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas thing? Yeah, was yeah, it Trump? I got that in my notes. Um, it's interesting. Uh, the third wave of feminism was is really like raunchy and angry and ready for a fight. That's like, what that's what happened in twenty seventeen. This is what it is. It's like yeah. 
it didn't, it went, went from me, um, I'm going to go self-actualize to, um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I can, I can, I can have sex all I want. I'm free love and, you know, getting attention from men, dressing so that men, you know, can, uh, I can draw women in. I, I can control men this is the, with my this sexuality. Is the, this is the wave basically that started, we're that we're in. Yeah. And no, 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 the, the raunchy one okay. is, um, Miley Cyrus, just imagine oh, Miley gosh. Cyrus hanging right. on that ball. Right. Naked. Yeah. Pretty much. The wrecking ball. And basically my sexuality is my power and I, it's for me and I don't need you to help me with my sexuality. It's actually sad. It's very sad. And pornography right now has gone mainstream because of the internet. We have the addition of the internet now and pornography has gone mainstream. And the saddest thing, you probably already know this, but our viewers may not, that the fastest growing users of pornography are actually teenage girls. Yeah. And that is yeah. very sad. It is really sad. No wonder they're rejecting femininity because if I was a teenage girl and I saw the violent pornography going on today, I would be terrified of men. And I probably wouldn't want to be a woman because I wouldn't want to be objectified like that. I well, wouldn't want to they, be treated that way. And, and when the young girls, um, well, I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. Don't talk about that. Don't I, I'm talk getting about that. off on another thing. So the third wave is like the rise of raunch. Basically. It is the rise of raunch power. It's the rise of raunch power. So it's, I'm going to be as vulgar I'm going to, I'm going to Okay. Say, that's Madonna getting up there and saying, I'm yes. going to blow up the white house. We got Ashley Judd, Judd reading this poem. I'm a nasty woman on the women's March. If you guys weren't avail uh, aware of the women's March had half a million women, the largest March in us history, half a million women right after the inauguration of, of Donald Trump. I have Some read the poetry. There's a million. Well, there was millions of sister marches around, oh, the, around world. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around okay. the world. Gotcha. I read the poetry that Ashley Judd read um, at that march. She's talking about misogyny and transphobia and homophobia and white supremacy and racism. And so, you know, you have been talking about the consciousness raising of the feminist movement. What I saw at that march was here you have half a million women gathered being told that, you know, Trump is, you know, a Nazi, okay, that anyone who voted for him is a white supremacist, that they're mis he's misogynistic, which makes anyone who voted for him misogynistic, transphobic, homophobic white privilege, all of this stuff. And I'm sitting there going, these are the most ungrateful women in America <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. They were so ungrateful. Yeah. Like you live in America. Like we just had the Taliban take over Afghanistan, Mona. I, I don't think they remembered that. I want to know where they got their hats. I read the story of the pussy hat. It's called the pussy hat. So don't censor me there. But basically it was, yeah, they wore, they wore pink hats that represented. But their they were all kind of the same. Like who funded this March? Uh, <laughs> well, I, we know, <laughs> I know. 
I think I know who funded the march. But yeah. but there was a lot of consciousness raising going on yes, at that march. And, and they had young girls mm. there and they're they're reading this poem. I'm a nasty woman. I'm an angry woman, but I'm not as nasty as, you know, whatever. Donald Trump, misogyny, racism, homophobia, transphobia. And it sounds to me like this whole we live in this racist homophobic nation you should be angry and i'm going welcome to the 60s yeah but it's like <laughs> i grew up in san diego and you know we had kids of all races and you know my mom was a sex ed teacher and i i, I don't know we were not oppressed we no. were not oppressed but they they're talking like victims Wh what is that is it because the Me Too movement that the truth is, you know, women in Hollywood, I was in Hollywood, so I understand. Okay. There's, and you know, Ashley Judd getting up there, mm -hmm. you know, the hashtag Me Too, all of that. At first, Me Too, I was like, yeah, Me Too, because I understand the entertainment industry. Oops. Was that empathy I just heard from you? Yeah. See, they get you empathy. They get you to empathize with these women that are being hurt and being mistreated. Yes, Me Too. Me, me too. Me, me too. Or your empathy, or you have empathy for whatever, George Floyd, or we certainly don't want, you know, kids being bullied for being gay or being trans or anything like that. No. We don't want that. No. Right. So we feel So the where's your hat? Well, I <laughs> I will not wear a pussy hat. But that's the that's the point. I is won't that there are other it. ways to do it. Okay. We see the okay. thing and we say this problem is good. Thank you for highlighting it. But we don't think that the way you're going about fixing it, how you're going to fix it, and why you're going to fix it, no, no, you do not speak for me. And there was a, a line that drew. We, we talked about this. No, they do not speak for me because and I'm not an angry woman and I'm not a nasty woman. And, and I don't want the young girls do. sitting there. I mean, I saw a sign from that march with a young girl. I mean, mm -hmm. she is like six years old standing there with her mother with a sign that says the future is nasty. Oh. The future is nasty. So what the heck? Okay, so. Well, they, she has influence over her, her realm. What are they angry about? We have every right. Yeah. That they ever fought for. Well, we could be marching for, you know, women under Sharia law who are being beaten to death for yeah. showing their ankles. We could that. be marching for something. We could be using our influence for good, Mona. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And the, the actual dismantling that has taken place, like, we don't have to wonder if we're, if the family's falling apart, we don't have to wonder anymore. We don't have to say the culture is like in the toilet. We don't have to wonder anymore. Say it's coming like we're here. And the destruction of the family and marriage and all of that, we're, we're, we're about at ground level. So it's time for restoration. It's time for restoration. And women of influence that want better for their families are going to have to get their hands in the dirt of their own homes and their own lives and their own children. And they're going to have to start tilling that ground and putting yeah. seeds in it because well, here's the thing. It's, it's not, it's not glamorous. 
they don't have costumes, you know, you are going to, a wrecking ball does not look like a building block. You know what I mean? We're going to be building things up. We're not tearing things down. And when women start to get together and start doing that, great things are are headed for Mm. us. And I have a secret into that I'm going to share with you later. That's such a tease. Wow. It is a tease. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the players in the, in the third wave. Okay. Um, we had Anita Hill. We had the Mm -hmm. Clarence Thomas. Crazy. We had Kavanaugh. What, what was that? What was that about? The Anita Hill thing was wild. Okay. Talk about it. Well, because he was a black man and he was going to be on the Supreme court. What the heck? This is amazing. Like we should be right. Right. But not if he's not pro-abortion. Oh, wait a minute. Exactly. Because that's the the, agenda. The true agenda is is children are the problem. Well, it's Marxism. It's to literally make our government, it's liberalism, it's progressivism. It's everything that the left is about and our middle ground in America has kind of shrunk. Yeah. The middle ground has shrunk. And we used to be a Christian Judeo society and that's what our country was founded on. So any kind of a republic, which we are a republic, we are not a democracy. We use democracy, but we were made a republic for a reason because a democracy says we vote on everything. Well, the we, Hitler voted on everything, and look who won. So we are a republic. Our constitution is the most glorious thing that there is, it's which amazing. is why the ERA didn't pass. Some of you may think that the ERA, that which the is women's the movement, Equal Rights, rights amendment. amendment, it did not pass. It is not part of our constitution. It passed in the government, but then it had to go around to the states to be um, ratified. And it did not get ratified because guess what? Why? Godly women that said, we've had enough of this, stood up and they fought. They fought in the correct way. They lobbied. They had groups. But what was, their wrong, own what was wrong with the Equal Rights Amendment? Well, first of all, we did not need it. Okay. Because we already had the First Amendment. They were saying that, the, and they still say, the First Amendment does not include women which is not true. That's, that's, there is no lawyer in the world. There's no constitutional professor that will tell you that. It's not. But they basically get to say whatever they want because, you know, the truth is only one way. And if you want to spread, um, stretch truths and, you know, so, you can do that. <clears throat> so the ERA never passed because it was never necessary. It, w- it really was not necessary because of our equal right, the Civil Rights uh, Amendment, and also the um, Equal Pay Amendment, which was in 1963 and 1964. So by the time they're talking about this in the late 70s, Phyllis Shafley got a group of women and they started going around and having their own groups. And they did letter writing campaigns. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. So they were influencing using what they felt was right. They were 
influencing the people that were making the decisions, which okay. actually is exactly what the first, um, the first wave women did. Okay. They okay. influenced the people that were going to make the decisions, which is the proper way to do it. So basically, uh, mm. w- getting back to the third wave being, we're basically in the wave. You said something on the last episode that really stuck out to me saying that the women who went into those women's studies programs ah. are now running our government. Today. Today. Yeah. Okay. Now, who is Katie K- Crenshaw? Like, what's her story? Like, what's her piece in this third wave? She has a, an, a very interesting piece that I think brings us into um, the transgender stuff. I know a lot of our moms are concerned about this. It is always the question. I just did a mom pop-up um, uh, we have a phrase in the, in, in what I do. I said, motherhood is not a natural talent. It's a skill and you can learn it. And so we're that. constantly learning new ways to be a good mom, be a good wife, to, um, take care of our homes and all of that and use our gifts and talents the way God's created us to do. And we just recently had a pop-up on what to do about this transgender stuff and okay. to educate us. So it was, um, these are the things that moms are, are very much concerned about. Very. And it is knowledge. You must have knowledge. And you can't, you can't just wait for your children to come home and tell you, hey, I heard this weird thing. Because they're going to, maybe what they hear they don't think is weird. So they don't come and tell you. Right. And our schools are exactly what they said in that the very y'all didn't hear it in the in the second in the second um, episode was what the, the litany that they would say to get at the consciousness raising um, meetings that they had to destroy the American family. How do we destroy the American family? Destroy the patriarch. How do we do that by taking away the power? By destroying monogamy? to literally destroy the family, promoting promiscuity, eroticism, prostitution, abortion, and homosexuality, and okay. to become a genderless society. This has been from the get-go. Now, is that what Katie Crenshaw has brought in? Katie Crenshaw has brought in a really unique thing. It's almost like um, everybody's really excited because, or they're very excited, progressives and liberals are very excited about this because it is almost like the consciousness raising method, you know, for uh, like in the second wave. Right. They were so excited to find this radical right. weapon. Right. And what's her weapon? CRT. Okay. Critical race theory. So bringing that into the schools. This is why everybody's mad about critical race theory. And if you don't know about it, then you can either come on board with the mom's Academy and take my authentic womanhood courses. And all of this is part of what I do. Mm. The crazy thing is, is that CRT says exactly that it's CRT and she had CRT and then it goes into intersexual, intersexual, intersectionality, intersectionality. Thank you. Okay. What is that? A few of these today. What is that? Okay, that's where everything crosses. It intersects. Okay. So when you say, what is a woman in CRT? Are you, um, are you a victim? CRT is there's victims and there are oppressors. Oppressors. So okay. you're oppressed or you're an oppressor. And you can only be one or two. And 
if you, it, 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 it has its own really nasty, nasty parts that I think are really not biblical at all. Like God doesn't think those things. So it, it can't not, it doesn't match his character. So those things do not work. But where it gets crazy for women is that if, what is a woman? Well, a woman is oppressed. We've already seen this for, or we've been told this since they're tell- the they, 20s. They're still telling women We're this. still oppressed. And like you said, we're, 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 we're not. not oppressed. We're not we're oppressed. So we not. literally can do everything we want. It, unless you want to be a mother and a, a wife and take care of your home, then you are a parasite. You are dull. You are uh, trying to take everybody back to the fifties. They took the word trad wife and they just put it in the toilet. And I, we can talk about that another time, but it's just really, really wrong. So anyways, all that to say, intersectionality is you're a woman, but you, what color, what color women, woman are you? Um, are you a woman that um, identifies as a man? Are you a man that identifies as a woman? Okay, so hold you're on, not hold just. On, hold on. This is actual. You can read what it means. Teacher, teacher, <laughs> it's crazy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> how? <laughs> how are these feminists whose whole thing was woman power, woman strength, girl power? Da 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 da. Yeah. How are they honestly promoting that men who they t- treated were like the enemy? And I mean, we've seen we've seen so many weak men in. It. If you ask my husband, what's my pet peeve? It's so funny. <laughs> like every other people, like normal people have normal pet peeves, right? right? Like, <laughs> like you leave the toilet what's seat yours? open. What's yours? Weak men. <laughs> weak men. That is my number one pet peeve. You need to be curious about them and find out about their mother. Okay, because their mother might be a feminist. Probably, but they. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're angry. Their mom might be a feminist yeah. too. Well, emascul- okay. em- we haven't even touched on emasculating. Our, our, what yeah, we've that's done what to I was going to say. Is there's, there's so much emasculation of men in the culture that weak men... Um, would you hold on to this? I know. Okay. It's all my good stuff. Okay. She keeps <laughs> dropping her papers for those that are uh, listening. listening on uh, on Apple iTunes. Okay. So hold on. We're going to wrap this one because I want to do the last episode on what we can do. That's oh, a good answer. Okay. Oh, we I have to get, we have to get to the yeah, answers. And I have such great hope. But there's, you. there's been so much emasculating of the men. You know, there was this, there's been this season the last like 10 years, 15 years where you see these powerhouse women who run, rule the roost on TV and these weak kind of dumb. Oh, uh, everybody loves men. Raymond. Yeah, poor no. Poor Raymond. No, like these poor. Poor Raymond. So why, so they had mm. to, They the men were the problem. We had to rule over them, which obviously this all comes from the garden, this whole desire for women to rule yeah. over men. Men men want to dominate women. Women want to rule over them. And Called there's, sin. It's just a frustrating relationship. Yeah. The curse. Whereas we were created equal to co-reign yes. together. Oh, yeah. But why why would the feminists now get behind men in women's sports? This, uh, this has really confused me. I'll just go back to James 3.16 and stand on that. Where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in everything. Evil thing. Uh. And it's just like John 3.16 that offers us great things. James 3.16 is like the devil's motto. Like, if you see... 
confusion and every evil thing. <laughs> this is not of the Lord. Like you need to start looking. You need to wrestle with what you're seeing because it's wow. Not. Yeah, the intersectionality and the CRT and what this woman has put out has taken off like wildfire. And it is definitely the the moms that are in the schools and in the school boards saying we do not want this in the school instead of just thinking that they're being they're being um conservative or whatever you need to look at what it says because i i guarantee you not many moms will be okay with this yeah but they yeah. they don't they're not going to help they're not going to help uh um riley what's her sweet name our swimmer riley gaines yes they're not going to help our sweet riley Who's not? The feminist. The feminist. No. Where are they at? But, but Riley Gaines, <clears throat> I mean, basically, the, I, I saw an interview the other day. She was asked, like, what made her finally rise up is when she tied the guy. He was a, yeah. He's a man. He's a swimmer man in, women's, in the women's division. Mm -hmm. And when they tied, they said he had to take the trophy, even though they tied and she said, why? And they said, because they needed to get the picture of him with the trophy. Yeah. But you notice they never show him in his swimsuit, like from the waist down. I really hope they don't. No, well, because they he hasn't had all of his surgery. <laughs> Just saying. You're talking to Mona Corwin, like I'm straight up. And Riley also said that how uncomfortable she was when she was in the dressing well, room. Well, yeah. And, yeah. And full on. But like, the feminists are not going to stand up no, for her. They're not standing. I don't have to say. All right. It's not my opinion. They definitely right. are not. They're Here not we go. Doing it, y'all. Hey, Riley Gaines, I'm just letting you know, we are standing up we for you. We are so standing for you. We're <laughs> we doing are standing our part, up for Riley. You. On the I Am A Woman podcast, <laughs> we are for you. And we are going to stand with you because women deserve to be protected in their sports, yeah. in their bathrooms, in their dressing rooms. And where are the dads? You know what's the cool? This is this Sorry, how we're going to end this one. You're closing up. <laughs> let, let me. Wait. This is what happens when we get when we get together, y'all. Yeah. This is what happens. <laughs> Where are the dads? And I'm glad you said that. Where are the dads? Guess what? The dads are standing with us. Yes. And they are. this is the truth: is that when mothers and fathers, when men and women stand together. We're unstoppable because that is God's design. Mm -hmm. God's design is that we would stand together and love protects. God is love. Love protects. What do men do? They protect. What do women do? We protect. And so when men and women stand together, we are unstoppable and you will not see us back down. Nope. So Riley Gaines, we're with you on the I Am A Woman podcast Mona Corwin, the history of feminism, consciousness raising. We are going to end the next episode on what can women can do. Oh, I'm so excited. To use their influence for good. I'm so excited I'm to so tell pumped. you. You don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Thank you so much. I'm a woman Bye. and my name means life.